Thinking about starting up a side hustle? Or maybe you have employees in your organization that are interested in starting up their own freelance business? Then this episode is one you don't want to miss. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg. And this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, I'm going to talk about freelancing. Well, actually, I'm not going to talk about freelancing, but my guest, Laura Briggs, will. Laura is the founder and owner of a company called the Better Biz Academy. She has a podcast on the topic. She is a professional writer, and she is a freelancer and a professional speaker. She's been featured at TEDx. Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Laura, as I kind of looked through some of the things that you write about and talk about, one of the things that I noticed in addition to your own business, you really talk about how to create a successful freelance business. And what I'd love to do today is really focus on maybe a few do's and don'ts for people who are thinking of heading down that path. Great. That sounds like a wonderful approach. If I decide I want to be a freelancer, what are a few things that maybe I should do right at the beginning to start my business off on a good footing? I think one of the most important things you can do is not to put all your eggs in one basket and try to make freelancing replace your day job income. So it actually works really well to start freelancing as a side hustle, not just from the perspective of building up your income, but to see if you really like working for yourself. So it's one of those things where Thankfully, in comparison to starting other businesses, you don't really have to go all in or raise a bunch of money or purchase an office space, hire employees. You can do this on a very low budget working for yourself and then sort of build your confidence and experience and decide if it's something you want to scale up. So I actually recommend that people start their freelancing when they have another job and they're looking to transition out. It's much easier to transition from a different employment position to working as a freelancer or even to keep your day job and freelance on the side for as long as you want when you build up that confidence and experience first. That makes perfect sense. I know that I've talked to a lot of people that have started a business and suddenly find out that, you know, it isn't really what I thought it was going to be and it isn't it isn't really my passion and now I'm sort of stuck in the middle of it. And so this is a nice way to kind of toe in the water, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like. What's next? What should I do? I'm starting this business. I'm committed to keeping my day job, doing this nights and weekends. What else should I consider in my planning? I think you should start to think about what services that you can offer where you either have the past experience or you have the passion to learn about that specific industry. So um, it's a misconception that you have to be formally trained in whatever type of freelancing you're doing. I'm a writer, for example. I don't have a degree in communications, journalism, English, none of that. So um, I think taking an inventory of your past skills and saying, okay, what have I liked doing in my jobs? What have I liked doing in volunteer capacities? How can I translate that over? Or maybe there's just been something that's always interested you, but you never studied like graphic design. Well, thanks to podcasts and 
online courses and books, you can really teach yourself a lot of the skills that you need to be successful with different types of freelancing. So that's where I would go next is, okay, where's my experience? And then if my experience doesn't get me all that excited or I still feel stuck, what am I interested in that I'm willing to put in sort of that unpaid time to learn it and become more familiar with it to start selling it as a freelancer? Great advice. I also think that one of the benefits of freelancing is if you are interested in that whole continuous improvement and continuous learning, freelancing is is kind of a great match because in almost every field, you kind of have to stay kind of the top of your game. Trying to sell that service to other people kind of forces you to do that a little bit. Absolutely. And there's been a lot of studies done about how freelancers are different from traditional employees. Freelancers tend to invest more time and money into their own upskilling. So, you know, I'm always looking ahead, you know, what is going to be the trend potentially three to six months from now that maybe I need to teach myself to know how to do either to market my business or so I can sell it as a service to my clients. And whether you use that those skills for your self-employment or even to get a better job, get a promotion, it all tends to pay off for you in the end. Awesome. You know, Roundpeg is my agency. And so in addition to the podcast, we we have an agency where we provide marketing services and almost everyone on my team does some freelance work. And I'm very comfortable with the idea of having people who are freelancing even when they are working for me. But how do you suggest people go about talking to their employer? Should they talk to their employer if they're interested in doing this? That's a great question. So I'm of the mindset that unless there's a conflict of interest or this has the potential to bleed over into your day job, I wouldn't worry about telling your employer. So perhaps if this is a client that you got to know through your day job, maybe it's a nice courtesy to tell your employer, hey, by the way, Mike Smith asked me if I could do XYZ project for him on the side. I'll completely be doing it at home on the weekends. Is that an issue? I just felt like I should let you know, right? But otherwise, I don't think it really tends to affect your work. But that's something you have to be mindful of when you do this as a side hustle, to watch your schedule very closely. How much time do you really have to market your freelance business, to do the work, et cetera? A lot of clients really only care about you meeting a deadline. So they don't care if you do the work at 10 o'clock on Thursday night or 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, as long as you meet their deadline. So it is a business that's a little more flexible in terms of your schedule. But, you know, you should always just use good judgment when deciding whether or not to let your employer know. The upside of that, and the reason I've always been very supportive of that, is the continuous learning. The fact that my employees are motivated to expand their skill set, not just for the work they do here, but because of the work they're doing on the side, and then they bring that learning back. But there is a, a downside where sometimes as a freelancer, you are competing with your employer. And how how do you kind of navigate that? Yeah, that's a tricky situation for sure. So I think it's just about being upfront and honest with the employer and potentially with the client as well to let them know like, hey, as you know, I'm in this other position. So this is how it would affect when or how I could work on your particular project. And it's definitely a fine line to walk. You want to showcase, you know, your individual and unique value proposition that comes to the table, recognizing that in some ways you might be working on this project either as part of your company's team 
or by yourself. So always just, you know, coming to the table with sort of a friendly competitive spirit of, you know, here's where I think I might be able to deliver better on this specific project. But there's no doubt that my company or that company over there has things to bring to the table as well. Cool. So what about some of the don'ts? What are some of the mistakes that you see people make as they embark on this freelance journey? I think two of the biggest mistakes are not having quality work samples or not having a good enough pitch to prospective freelance clients. Yes, it's easier to land freelance work than it is to open many other types of businesses. However, that doesn't mean you miss out on doing any work, right? We still put in a lot of time and have to be very self-critical of everything we create. So as a writer, my pitch and my writing samples are my primary currency. So I think a lot of people get frustrated too early. They maybe send out 10 pitches and say, well, I haven't heard anything back. I mean, that's nothing, right? Like until you've heard <laughs> no 50 times, that that's when we start thinking about how we can make edits and tweaking things. So having realistic expectations and being willing to adjust things to help present yourself in a more effective way are really important. Absolutely. So what other advice would you give to someone who thinks, okay, I like writing or I like design or I like doing home handyman work because even even in those industries, you can be a freelancer. Are there any other really just either glaring errors or things that they definitely should be prepared for as they start? Sure. So I think you have to be very mindful of the time you have to dedicate to this venture because running a business, as you know, is a lot of work. And a lot of people get started and think, okay, well, if I have 10 hours a week, that means I have 10 hours a week to work on client projects. Not really, because marketing takes up a significant portion of your time, especially at the beginning when you have no clients. So it's about thinking, you know, how much time do I need for administrative work, sending out invoices, paying my subcontractors, et cetera, and then doing all of the marketing work that goes on behind the scenes and adjusting your schedule accordingly. So it's not just about having 10 billable hours per week. It might be about having five or six billable hours to start with and spending more of your time on marketing and other things until you get your business built up. You know, and that's so true for even more, you know, even if you decide you're going to do this as a full-time business, for me, getting comfortable with the idea that I'm going to spend only one or two hours on real marketing work and everything else is going to be centered around the business was a hard adjustment to make. Absolutely. It, it is. And I, what's cool about it is if you can keep your mind focused on the bigger picture is that eventually that time should shift. So you might have 80, 20, you know, where 80% of your time is marketing and 20% is actually making money in your business when you start, but ultimately that will flip and you'll learn what are your best marketing methods and channels so that you're being really specific with your time and how you choose to market your business. And much more of your time will be spent on billable projects. I, I just can't believe how fast the time has gone and how much information we've been able to kind of cover in this brief conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. We will include a link to the Better Biz Academy in our show notes because I'm I'm sure that so many of our listeners are going to be interested in your ideas on freelancing. And I'm really going to encourage that they hop over and take a look at the, the website and listen to some of the episodes of your podcast. I think there's a lot of great information there. Well, thank you. If you have enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to know more about 
marketing, and other topics of interest to small business owners, be sure to hop over to our new digital toolbox at digitaltoolboxin.com. And if you liked the, the episode today, tell a friend, invite them to listen with you. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words.